0: Ahoy, curiosity seekers. What follows is a kind of raw recording of a lecture I did at Robert Scales' course at Vancouver Film School. I talk about using social web tools and other publishing mediums and thoughts to promote and plan and collaborate and really do everything you need to do for an artistic project. You might need to turn it up a little bit because it's a little bit rough and be wary because it's a little bit of a uh, ribald conversation. So the things I shall tell you about this evening is um, kind of, I'm going to kind of give you a big picture overview of, of all the ways you can use new social media tools to distribute your artistic projects, whether they be audio, video, written, whatever, including pitching your ideas uh, and, and actually producing your ideas. Uh, and I'm going to give you this using a bunch of anecdotes from mistakes I've made, projects I've done various hijinks, and, and things I've learned along the way that, uh, that that may or may not help you, but something will definitely, some of the things will definitely help you. So um, first of all, I think it's important to remember um, that I'm coming at you from, from not a technology background. I use a computer, but I use it like I mentioned to you. It's like a washing machine. It's like a dishwasher. I don't know how it works. I don't know how to put the stuff in there and, and extract what it is that I desire, clean pants, Dishes, whatever, and so the same thing with the <laughs> computer. Yeah. Put stuff in there, whether it be audio I capture with this, video or pictures I take with my camera, stuff I clackety clack in, somehow massage it in there in the computer and spit it out and make something with it. And before the computer, I was making the same stuff anyway. Um, in 1979, I got a ditto machine. You remember those that they used to have at schools and stuff? They had that like that fluid in there, and you'd have this sort of <coughs> this carbon master and you'd have her put around the cylinder and and I was like wow this is fantastic. I can make my own like you, you remember you don't no, remember? I know, I, wasn't here. Oh, yeah. I was in Amsterdam <laughs> <of> the city. <laughs> they probably had guess they did. so I was like wow I can make my own little newsletter. So I started making my newsletter, right? And I recently dug up a copy out of my old uh, you know out of an old shoebox am like started thinking about really besides the medium, what's the difference between this and a blog? What's the difference between this and a web page? You know, this was this was two pages. It was uh, yeah, you know, I went for the, uh, went for the uh, what do you call it, the legal size, you know, to really give the customers a little something extra, you know. I had some sports in there. I had uh, an account of the Canucks general manager making his first trip to Sweden to start recruiting some sweet what, hockey players in Sweden. You would have guessed, what? yeah. Cool. And on page two is a cartoon that my cousin, who turned out to be some one-hit wonder pop star, he drew a cartoon in my. In my, uh, in my thing, and uh, and so I got this cool historical document. And then years later, back in the days of going to bumpers and seeing punk shows, I was like, um, my mom was working real estate and it gave me access to a Xerox copier. So I was going in there after work, and until I found out that they were counting the clicks and charging her for it, and I felt kind of bad. That I was writing up $300 tabs on her Xerox machine. She was losing but her uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, it was like ten pages back to back, and I was putting in my own writing, my own photography in there, really able to like stuff that other people weren't covering and I learned that the, the great lure of making creative projects isn't necessarily money, it's getting free stuff. I started getting record labels would send me free records to, to review. started getting the shows free, getting backstage, from the, taking pictures. Of course I'm 14, 15, hey, I love your punk rock band, right? But, you know, it was, it was because I was making media out of it. Then uh, you know, I also do kind of literary writing and I was like, you know, you know, go around and do like these readings, and like there's all these touchy-feely poetry reading circuits, and and like people who spend their whole life submitting poems to some journals in the hopes that they get twenty dollars to legitimize their whole writing existence. And I was like, well, forget that. So while I'm living overseas, I started like sort of self-producing little uh, poetry books and send them around. You know, because I wouldn't see friends for years at a time, so I'd make these little books and and send them out. And then I started doing the same thing with, with music and when I'd meet friends and we'd you know and I'd be hanging out and we'd play some music together. I started thinking, oh I should be recording all this stuff. One of these days it'll come in handy. Throw that in the shoebox. And then uh, in nineteen ninety five, I was living on the island of Guam in the in Micronesia and, and Jerry Garcia died. And uh, and it was like, you know, if you're a deadhead it was a it was a big deal, right? You were at the time. And uh, and I was like, I couldn't find out any information, you know, what happened, where's the what the hell's going on, you know, you want to connect with someone. I couldn't figure anything out. And so there was sort of an impromptu candlelight vigil, and you know, people just showed up and rolled up a little dude together and all this talk about Jerry. <laughs> and there's some guys that had all the information, right? They had the whole lowdown. And all the details, the funeral, the big festival concert, San Francisco ex what, you know, the widow trying to hoard all, you know, all the lowdown. I was like, well, how did you guys know all this? And they're like, well, we work for the newspaper. We have the internet. And I was like, well, I guess I need a new hobby. The dead's done, you know. What is this internet you speak of? So, uh, two days later, I went and got online for the first time. And uh, right away, like, I, s- I saw that you can have words and pictures in color. Delivered anywhere in the world instantaneously. Instantaneously at that time was a 144 modem, which was click. Joy beverage. Oh, oh, go with the dog. Oh, it's starting to load. You know, and uh, and in Guam, you know, there's constant power outages, and they get these brown tree snakes that go up in the nest in the trans- electrical transformers, um, and they blow out the electricity, and you know it's just slow. And so it's like, well. I know there's the internet's got to be better than this, right? Cause, but I, I, I and I started making, you know, like how do you make these web pages? And I was like, you know, I've been writing these journals, and I got all these pictures and all these cassette tapes of bands and stuff I've recorded. Well, so cool. Why don't I? Why can't I just put all that on there? So I'm like, okay, I'm packing up Guam, and I was like, I'm going to go back to figure all this stuff out, man, because there's something there's something to this, right? So I ended up in Olympia, Washington, and um, started in go back to school, got involved with this internet company, which is great because I started registering all these domains and I realized you have to pay to put stuff on the internet. And so I was like, well, I better figure out a way to not pay. So I got involved with an internet company and then I was like, well, I want I wanted to do a big project, right? You can put video on here, you can put film on here, audio, all this stuff. So I got a notion to go make a documentary film. And uh, so I rounded up a, a willing film student who had all kinds of equipment but not an idea. And I was like, ah... I've got an idea. So we loaded up a van with a bunch of film equipment. Um, over the course of about three months, going out on, on weekends, um, we made this travel documentary film, going and visiting uh, entrepreneurs who were doing some kind of business using commercial hemp. So one weekend, we went to Eugene. The next week, we went to Portland. The next week, we went to Victoria, Vancouver, and all that stuff. right? And we shot Super 8, 16 millimeter, high eight video, still cameras, scanners. Um, just collected media, recorders, just Polaroids, whatever, just gathered it all in there, made it all digital. We, got, uh, we spent $6,000 on a 9-gig hard drive and got one of the Mac for a couple of years. They had licensed their hardware to other hardware vendors. And so we got uh, spent a bunch of money on an overclocked 120 megahertz Mac power base and an early copy of Premiere. And with this, we set about making this, uh, this movie that ended up being 83 minutes long. Um, so what that meant is we could do about nine to ten minutes at a time, put it on the external hard drive, you know, write it, export the movie, you know, set it to export, go to bed, hopefully the computer hasn't crashed when you got up the next morning and you got a chunk of video there. But then we had to pull that off the digital off the hard drive and like, oh so you got it. Put it on to something analog, right? Because it just didn't have the storage. Now it seems ridiculous. Well, my computer that I got from Best Buy came with 120 gigs. You know, I have a terabyte drive. I got it for 200. You know, so um, but this whole project was was I funded it by putting uh, put a I made a web page. Step one, make a web page. I'm making a film. I need people to be in the film, and I need some money for the film. And here's my idea. And this is why this is worthy use of your time to consider this. Here's who I am little five-page website, here's how to get in touch. And I sent out um, a, 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 a mail to different contacts who I thought might be able to help, and I started to get sort of put together this sort of this schedule, you know? I rounded up some people in Eugene, and it's like, okay, we're heading to Eugene. And uh, show up, just kind of guerrilla filmmaking, rolling as soon as we walk in. And we kind of do these little impromptu interviews, and then end up hanging out with the people, crashing at their house, getting to know them, making friends, and, and then uh, putting this whole film together. And then, um, then I was like, well, I should put, on, put together a little tour for it. So once again, put up a new website. Hemp and Road now available, available for screenings. Here's how to order it. And then I was like, well, I should really share more of this content with it. So I made some, at the time, it was radical, some little quick time clips, little 30-second films. Just could put them right there on the Internet. People can download them over their 33.6K modem. No, it would take them half an hour. They'll want to watch that 30-second clip, that video. And uh, But I, of course, I got evergreen interns to do all the hard work for me. Even though I hadn't graduated from college, I, uh, well, I had a business, uh, it's internet business. So I was just like, well, get interns. And so I had a, like, and I was like, OK, there's this new music encoding format called MP3. And I think if we can press these, and we can take all these. So all those songs that I've been collecting over the years that i stuffed in that shoe box, um, I. On cassette, I was like, okay, intern, go make these digital and make them into MP3s. And they're still up there on this uh, Hemp and Road site uh, that we made for the film. You can still go download them. And we had uh, some real player clips. Real player, it's exciting. And uh, so we start putting this content out there. Um, and in a way that, um, you know, great, make it available and, and in hopes to promote. The film, because the more stuff out there, the more interested to drum up in the film. Maybe someone dropped 12 bucks by a copy of the video. Yes, it was on video. We we're about two years before commercial, like something that was a DVD burner that would have been realistic to, to purchase. You know, and then we could have gotten everything in stage digital, which would have been fantastic. Right now, the best master I have is a high eight videotape master. You know, which is frustrating because now there's so many things. I mean, you know how it is. You finish something, and of course you want to go back and fix it. You know, change it, and do all this to it sweeten the sound, and I'm like, what was I thinking? And of course, we didn't have the equipment, but it'd be nice if it was still digital. But we were a little bit off, off the curve, but we got these nice video boxes, got the nice cover. Now you don't even, and, and we spent like 6000 bucks making video tapes, duplicating. Just cross that, li- that thing right off your budget. You don't, you don't need to spend money on that anymore, because what you can do now is take your film that you've made on your computer that comes with the 70 gig hard drive for no extra cost. And you take your film and you put it up, you break it up into chunks or you put the whole thing up under one of the hundreds of video, well dozens anyway, of, of video services that will serve it up for free for you. And really the, what I found with Hemp and Road is the money's not in selling a cop, the physical copy of the thing, it's the going and the presenting and showing at the screens. I mean, I got a bunch of free trips out of it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, And it wasn't like, you know, Brockstar, we'll bring you down and stay in your hotel. You know, you kind of got to hustle and put your thing together, right? But you as soon as you call it a tour, I have a film and a website that says I have a film, and i have sent you an email saying I'm planning a tour. There's lots of independent theater opera. Like, I'm talking about universities and small film houses. So I'll be like, great, we'd love to do a thing for you. And some of them turn out great, where I was like, suddenly go there and there's 70 people to see my film. I'm da ta-da. Hey, big deal, right? And then sometimes you go in there and there's two dozen. But by the end of it, you're hanging out and having a, having a beer with the people in the seats, you know? Um, you know, and... Uh, And then I showed it some at some bigger festivals that there'd be like a whole bunch of films, you know, like all crammed together. And you're just like, I hope the film before mine doesn't suck, so everyone sticks around for mine. And that's that was. I I followed a film one time called um, Can You Say Clitoris? Was the name of the film, and it was kind of like it. And I was like, Well, this could be saucy. (laughs) And uh, no, no, oh my God, it was horrible. It was like the, oh. It was like a long and it was like went on for fucking ever, right? And it was all like the we women sitting around in like kind of like this health self-help therapeutic group just talking about how men don't understand. It was just women whining. And I was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna stab myself in the temple with a chopstick, you know, and just stop it. And at the end she's like, Okay, well I'm happy to take questions now. And everyone's like, My questions could just move it along, you know? And she's just Well, let me tell you a little bit more about making the film. So sometimes these can turn into some real adventures, but at the same time, it's some, you know, sometimes everything comes together just right. I showed it in Salt Lake City one time, and I, I had a friend there that I, and he was a filmmaker. He was working for some new media center, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll set it up." I went in there, and it, it was like a really nice theater because I've been showing it at some dingy theaters, and you know, at the really nice theater, and he's like, spent half an hour really tuning the color, and it was there on the big screen. And then, and I, we, it was sort of a spur of the moment thing. We'd only put posters out like a week before, but I you know, like I showed up, and there's like the big poster out in front. I'm like, oh wow, they did some promotion. Right? And then the t- come, time comes, and like people showed up, and everything just everything just works out just great. And you're like, wow, I did, you know, this is exactly what I want to do. You know, like make something, travel around, share it with people, and go have a beer with them afterwards. I mean, that's it, isn't it? Isn't that the dream? It <laughs> works for me anyway. So, <laughs> So, um, but there's a lot of things now that have changed since those, da- those days back in the 90s. And a few things have, uh, have happened that I've alluded to. One, the technology has gotten way cheaper, way faster, way easier. The software tools were no longer using Premiere One. There's um, new versions of it. In fact, you have a choice of different software applications. At the time, there's Premiere and there is Avid, which was hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars in that system. And Sun Micros, you know, you got to get the. Solaris odd. Oh, it was a big deal, you know. And so for amateurs or, you know, hobbyists, that was it. You get your pirated copy of your Premiere, your hopped up Mac and you put it together. Now there's tons of different software options available. You can juice up the sound and get way better quality because your the equipment to get it, capture it, you know, digital video cameras. You're using that, film cameras. All of a sudden you can import that stuff without it being a you know, taking a a five-minute clip of, of some 60 millimeter film and digitizing it was a big long laborious project to tie up the computer for a while I got a, it was, it, was a, it was a headache you know and now there's so many more tools available to make your film that you can you can kind of like afford to fail it's kind of a weird way to put it really but you can go out with you know bribe your friends with the with a case of beer and or whatever but as long as you have a good idea you can get access to, I mean, great equipment for cheap. I mean, I have a little Canon camera. It's like a still camera, but just the video mode on it. You know, I can shoot at 640 by 480, 30 frames a second, and zoom in and out. And uh, I mean, you're not going to go make your opus on that. But for goofing around and showing proof of concept or brainstorming ideas and stuff, it's a great tool. And that's just a little wee thing. You get access to some better equipment, and all of a sudden, you can do really whatever you want. And then the question just becomes distribution. Now, there's a couple of big things that have changed in distribution. Broadband technology is a very big one. Now here in North America, we're still sort of saddled with, I think, substandard broadband where there's, you know, broadband is much more ubiquitous in other countries. But it's coming along. You have new services that will host your stuff and pay for the, the bandwidth to serve it up, which is great. And you have all these ways to build community and build out your network. So now all of a sudden instead of when you want to take your film to Portland to show it and do a little tour, we're gonna go do Bellingham, Seattle, Olympia, and Portland, it's a it's a million times e- easier to set something like that up because it's easier to find out who's where and what's where and who's interested in that. And that's a lot where the social networking sites come in. Sometimes when people think social networking sites, they're like, um, think of like dating sites, which I don't understand, um, or or use or like kind of like chat rooms where it's like a a one to one communication. Hey, what you doing? Oh, I'm here trolling for gullible thirteen year old girls to so I can get arrested, you know, and you know all the sensationalized stuff. See, but there's all these services that are I mean, and and the old web it was all about kind of keeping all the information to yourself. The new web's all about kind of sharing and 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 being a little bit more open because people realize that once something's out there, it's out there forever. So you want to kind of control your line and control the information that's put out there about you rather than letting people fabricate or speculate on on information. You know, sometimes people ask me, like, aren't you concerned that people find out when they do a Google search on you that, uh, you know, that you smoked the reefer? And I'm like, uh, well, you know, they'll also see that I get other shit done, you know? So it'll be like, oh, maybe... Maybe, this, maybe there's something to this guy. Hmm, let's see. He's not a lazy stoner because he made all this stuff, you know? But, it, but either way, there's really no secrets anymore unless you really want to close the curtains and put a mask on. And anyone who's looking to be a filmmaker, at some point, you're going to become a public person, right? I'm not saying you're going to become um, famous, but at some point, you're going to be on that side where you're the one presenting the thing. You're the one taking your work out there and putting it out to the world. And that means that you will be criticized you'll be made fun of, you'll be complimented, you'll be given beverages. Um, the, but just, but the, really the biggest thing is that um, nothing will happen unless you go out there and hustle. Most, uh, you know, there's all this hype from the RIAA and the MPIAA, you know, like, oh my god, people are pirating Robin Williams's RV on off peer-to-peer share, file sharing. But really I see that kind of crap disappearing because there's this gr- gonna be this groundswell of quality content that people are saying, no, no, really, come look at my stuff. No, no, really. Help yourself. And a lot of that is predicated with what's called Creative Commons copyright licenses. Anyone familiar with this at all? Kind of a copy left concept. Where rather than your default copyright license is all rights reserved. You've got to have permission. And that's great for some things. Sure. But for creative works, not necessarily. I mean we're all in sort of a culture where, you know, mashing stuff up, remixing music kind of montaging films, cut-and-paste collaging, you know, sort of a little bit of a collage culture. And by putting your stuff out there, like uh, I was, I was telling, telling some of you that I saw kind of a grisly incident this last week on, on Abbott Street, right? I just happened to be there with my camera, and I got some very, very graphic pictures of it. <clears throat> and I didn't even realize how graphic they were until I got home. and, and uh, um, a man was was murdered with an eight-foot piece of rebar, and, uh... Did you see the, uh, did you see the article in uh, the Vancouver
1: magazine or the Vancouver
0: newspaper,
1: like, the day after, with regards to, like, the fifth murder of the year, and... Yes, I did, and that's
0: a great segue, because I got these pictures, and they started to get... And I was just like, I was like, what happened with this incident? Because I just came across, and I just saw this scene, and I was like, snap, 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 police were clearing everyone out, so... Uh, I put up to a a community news site called Now Public. I put one of my pictures up and said, hey, I saw this crazy incident, does anyone know what happened? And it sort of starts this this stream of information coming in about this. And by Monday, Vancouver Sun had written about it. Then News 1030, someone sees that I was looking for information, so they point me to that link. And then people see that I have information to share on that, so there's another article that went up on some other kind of citizen journalism site, where they went to Flickr, grabbed my picture, and used it because I have it registered under the Creative Commons license. My Creative Commons license says you can use this, um, and you can make uh, derivatives of this work, um, but you can't sell it, right? You can have, and you can sort of ratchet that up or down. You can say you can use it, but you can't change it. Um, you can uh, stipulate that everything made from that, if they can change it, everything that they make has to also be have the same license. Also, has to be shareable. So, if someone uses your picture in a slideshow; their whole slideshow has to be shareable as well. Follow me, okay? So. Um, so the person who wrote this article, I have the only pictures of the, of the incident. I'm sure the cops took pictures, but you know, I got there right as the cops were arriving. And so someone goes on there, grabs the pictures, uses them in their news story, writes them in an email saying, hey, I used your thing, and next time you have pictures like that, consider them submitting them to us, and all of a sudden you have a connection there, and your work's getting more out there. And of course, you're not in the business of taking crime scene photographs, but you're in the business of making stuff. So the more contacts and the more you're out there and the more you're promoting your own stuff, And letting people know what you're doing when you're finished product, when you have a feature length movie and a showing you're not just like all of a sudden you're like hey internet i'm here if you make a write a blog and when i did hampton road i did a production journal which was a blog without rss really um where it was like wow it's down in portland this week and we visited these people and here's my pictures from the trip and it was great i'm really excited about this, 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 this." and then so by the time I'm going, I'm phoning up people in Vancouver saying, "Hey, can I come up and interview you?" Oh yeah, just look at the production journal, and they'll be like, "Oh wow, look at this! i have already visited these people and now those people." And all of a sudden, I'm not just some you know stoner with a camera. I'm like, I'm making a movie. Look at that! we people from Heaven Road are here, honey. You know, um, <laughs> it's just like that too. Sit down and have a pot pie with us. Didn't. <laughs> all right, they don't all work. Um, so, and then when it comes time to do that promotion part, you've already been writing a blog that talks about the challenges I face as a filmmaker, and here I am at a at a stumbling block with the script, and this is how I'm working through it. Um, have you ever seen? You've seen Heart of Darkness, the film that's about the making of um, Apocalypse Now. Never seen it before. It's a fantastic piece of work. And while Francis Ford Coppola is making the movie, his wife is hanging out, hanging out making a movie about him making the movie. For what we call meta mind. meta media, huh? Heart, uh, Martin Sheen had a heart attack, and yes, there's, and that was only a small part of the wild hijinks that went through making that film. How
1: about the tornado right in the middle of the set that crashed the whole the set, <laughs> and <they> had to rebuild <laughs> everything from the ground heart heart. after two years?
0: And, uh, yeah.
1: Um, Wasn't Brando actually going around with band at the time,
0: too? Um, well,
1: in the original... I mean, he like, was in the story, too. the like, original photo shoot, Brando is like 75 pound lighter than... When he's actually like going to show up in the movie like a year and a half later. And interesting side note too is that Brando got paid a million dollar for doing this role, which at the time Francis Ford Coppola paid out of his own pocket because the whole movie was way like, over budget. Way over budget, and like he thought he was going to have to go bankrupt. And like it was the first actor to get paid a million dollar for a non-lead role wasn't the lead actor
0: did you see that extra footage yet of the extra part of the I haven't
1: watched it yet no, like it's on my stuff, uh, list of things to watch tonight
0: and tomorrow so in that film there's all this to... cool stuff that she was filming that never saw the light of day until 20 years later and so you as a filmmaker when you edit down all that stuff and make finished product here's my film you have this enormous haystack of other stuff over here that you've created and developed while making your film and that now with the wonders of DVD we have special features and all the bonus stuff and everything and, uh, and same thing with Hemp and Road. I have like tons of this stuff, photos, music, this, all this stuff that was up on the website, outtakes. You know, you, you shoot. I mean, you end up you shoot a lot more than you end up using. I, I do. I've found that anyway. Um, and so you have all this extra stuff. So if the delivery method is free and it brings something to the table, we'll find a way to use it. You know, make a little retrospective of it. It doesn't have to happen right away. Or you can have a little, you know, uh, little daily clips. You know, like. I was out looking around for a location. I shot this little thing here, and I'm thinking it would tie in well with this scene. What's other people th- think? You know, get some collaboration, get some communication going on that. And with your blog, um, there's a like I like free stuff, right? You know, besides getting free stuff, like you know, signing up for free stuff like blogs and such, all this stuff up here. Um, and I'm not. I won't explain all those, but. Um, Um, All these social networking sites, for the most part, are free or cheap. All these blogging softwares are free or cheap, right? So with no money, you can go in 15 minutes, you can set yourself up a blog, set yourself up a Flickr account. Um, Flickr is a photo sharing service, familiar with it? And you can kind of integrate the two so you can go put your pictures up here from Flickr of you out shooting on location, you blog about it, here we were today, we were shooting down at Abbott right where that murder was the other day, (laughs) still (laughs) bloodstains on the ground. It was really weird. Actually, when I first saw it, I thought I was walking onto a set because, you know, you're all, so many movie sets around here. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, and because it was just, there was an argument down there in downtown Lower East Side and someone got upset with someone else who grabbed a piece of rebar and and impaled his face with it. And, and, but it was so dramatic because I walked, I'm red blood and the rain coming down, and the picture looks very cinematic, the cop's walking up and the cop's great, his hair is fabulous and everything in the picture too, but it's just, I mean, it looks intense, you know, Um, but but I digress, so you're writing about, you know, you can show pictures about what you were doing, and then you you sign up for a service like Delicious, um, what's Delicious? Delicious is, um, you know how you save your favorites on your web browser, bookmarks come later, and then you go to your other computer and say, "Oh, I don't have that on this computer," yeah. or you want to tell your friends, and you have to copy and paste and email to them. Delicious right. the when you save a, uh, a bookmark, you're saving up to to a website, so you have all your favorites kind of socially shared. Oh, okay. You can hide them if you want. You can have ones that are hidden or not shared. But the whole point is to share them and let other people know what you're looking at and what you're reading, and uh, and you can tie that into your blog uh, automatically, where it will just dump in those uh, every day or as you post them, it just sort of insert those into the blog. So if you're looking at you know, you found a site about film financing, or, you know, a site selling old lenses that you want to remember, blog it, and it's, you know, it it sort of stimulates a conversation at best, and at least it's pointing it somewhere where you're not going to forget about it later, because you save it and then forget it, oh, where was that thing, I don't even remember where it is, Ah, fuck it, you know, so all of a sudden, that's living out there, and then you can put tags on these things, both in Flickr and Delicious, you can put tags on stuff. So you can sort of organize things based on your project. So maybe you have a project, you know, my wild film project. You tag all your stuff out. So whenever you're looking for content, your notes about all that, your notes are stored out there all over the internet. Some of them are over here in Delicious as bookmarks. Some are over here in Flickr as photos. You might have some little clips over here on Blip TV or YouTube that you'd shot as little practice things, and you tag all those things with my film project. Then you can always find them wherever they are. They're not on your computer. You're not paying for anything. You're creating attention, and and you're finding collaborators, you know, if you're really into finding collaborators and you get all into the hardcore, more niche communities, where it's other filmmakers collaborating with other filmmakers, or something like LinkedIn, where it's, you know, more of a business focus, but when you have to put on your, I'm an independent filmmaker business person now, rather than your, I'm an edgy filmmaker that's just doing art, I don't care if it ever sells, you know, when you've that you actually have you know, scrounged to get a little bit of money to do this, then you can go into LinkedIn and you say, oh, look, here's all my credentials, all my resume, and I've worked with these people who have given me these recommendations. So you all of a sudden have all this social capital. So you're not just, oh, I need some money. Could you give me 10000 bucks for my film? You know, you're like, hey, I met you on LinkedIn. I see that you know this person, and I, you can see here that I have an interest in this, this, and this, and I can see here that you've funded these three films. They're very similar to my kind of thing. Or that you have an interest in social entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurial projects for social good, and I'm making a, a film about smart cars. Maybe there's a good fit there. Can we have coffee? You know. But if you're not out there communicating, contributing, and participating in the conversation, who? What? You have a film? Yeah. Uh. Oh. Okay, I'll give you a call back. But if you can initiate things and you have this portfolio of work out there, and it's like where people, you know, like going back to where I said where. Pe- People ask me if I'm concerned about the stuff that's on there. You know, if I were someone going, if someone was asking me for money and I went out there and didn't find anything, I'd be a lot more concerned. So, what is it that you're doing? Even if you're applying for a job, so you're applying for a job to do web marketing, film distribution, and there's nothing out there about you on the internet. Where's your press releases? Where's your, you know, where's your content? Where's your opinions? Where is it? And as independent artists, you hope to God that you have some kind of vision and dream and opinion about what it is you want to do, well, make it public. It doesn't cost you anything, and there's a big upside to it rather than keep it inside. And what I find, for me as an artist, by, like, uh, you know, I write all this, you know, like, um, you know, I'm always making stuff and writing stuff in the notebooks, and it sort of sits there in a the notebook, and it sort of sits there on the shelf, and then all of a sudden a decade's gone by, right? Now I'm trying to take that stuff out of the notebook, you know, because I ride the C bus every day, I got a lot of like time scribble, and I take that stuff and like, fuck, I'll publish it. You know, just put it up on my blog. I'm not saying this is, this is my finest work I've ever done. It's just my writing notebook. It's like if I don't put it up here, it's gonna get lost in the shuffle. So I might as well put my notes up here, and if I evolve it and craft it, and sometimes it turns out great, sometimes it's stupid. Fuck man, if you don't like it, don't, don't stop by. You know, if you do like it, subscribe. And then sometimes, and then all out of the blue, someone comments and and. Point something back to your work that you never even thought about, you know, and uh, and some people really get hung up on that social aspect of the social networking. I've got eight thousand MySpace friends. I've got all these people commenting, and I'm writing about the same stuff that everyone else is writing about because that's what people want. For me, this, that's not the important thing. I'd rather have fewer really quality relationships that I meet with people um, collaboratively online or whatever, than having. You know, that's the same thing in real life. You know, you can be the the you know person who's you know really collaborates and interacts with a few people, or you can be this the the person flitting around. And but you know, your social, your online social persona and your offline social persona are with people I meet often very very different. You know, and you can express yourself in a very different way because you have a little bit of a cushion, a little bit of a, a veil between you and and. Real life, when you're online, when you're blogging, when you're writing about it, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're not, you know, that uh, that dude stuck in a cubicle, working a day job to pay his, you know, save up money to make a film. You're online. You're that person who's making the damn film, you know, and uh, and you can really kind of reinvent yourself and use that as a, as sort of an impetus to get your project done, you know. Like it's a good, a good trick to get yourself to actually do something. Is tell the world, I'm making this film and it's called this, and I'm going to make it by June of 2008, and this is what I need to make this film. And why not? You know, otherwise you'll just say, keep saying it to yourself and say, oh, next week, next week I'm going to start. You just put it out there to the world, and people will be like, so hey, how's that film coming? Hey, I noticed you need like a carpenter to help you build some sets. Yeah, I can help out, man. You know, then you get, then you start getting yourself interns. That's the next step. Yeah, I hear film. I hear film students are suckers for coming to do some free work. <laughs> so, um, don't na- be an intern. Hire one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally. It's worked it worked for me. I think I'm gonna put a, a, a make a separate blog just for my intern hall of fame. I probably had two, three dozen interns over the years, and uh, <laughs> some of them work out great. Some of them not so not so much. But. Um, if I were to uh, give someone the basic recipe for getting going and setting up an online recipe, uh, the recipe for setting up an online presence, right? Um, sign up for a, uh, a Flickr account or some other photo sharing account. Sign up for a blog account somewhere. And, um, and, and if, you, if you have a notion to be, if you really are focused on, you really want to get audio and video up there, then set up a FeedBurner account. And what feed burner does is kind of cleans up your feed. You know what I mean when I say feed? You probably have no idea, do you? Okay. Um, uh, you know how like newspapers would be like this just over the newswire, you know, and they'd have like the little ticker tape coming.
1: Sorry, I was going to say, what he's saying is good for you. That's exactly what you need to do in your project. Uh,
0: <laughs> yes, what he said. What I'm telling you is important. Um, Uh, Blogs push the information out. People subscribe to your blog or your podcast. Every time you update it, it automatically ends up in their newsreader. In the old days, if you have a website, you're like, come to my website, I'm over here, come to my website. People come and then maybe come back again two weeks later and then they forget about it, right? And then maybe six months later, they'll be like, oh, I'll go check what they're doing. Now they subscribe to your shit and everything you make automatically ends up in their, um, you know, in my case with making my podcast in their iTunes thing for them to listen to, with them, without them having to go back and, remember to, and check, oh, I wonder if that guy's made any more podcasts. They'll know where I make a podcast, is it's automatically there. And that's the secret sauce that makes blogs and podcasts different than my Hemp and Road site that had some audio, and it had some video, and it had some words, but it, it didn't have that findability. Like in Lord of the Rings, they, they said that the ring wants to be found. Blogs want to be found. Where static websites didn't really... They wanted to be found, but no one would play with them. Right? It was a lot of. It was a big uh, challenge. So blogs really make that uh, easier. Um, now, on this massive list of stuff here, there's several of these that uh, allow you to host video. YouTube is the most famous one. Um, I would suggest not using YouTube anymore. Um, I think that uh, there's better alternatives, and YouTube's kind of become a bit of a flea market. But the main reason is because it, you know. Companies get all corporatized, and they get all anal about the copyright restrictions stuff. And I think they've kind of gotten a little too anal um, stuff that I think is is on the on the safe side of that line. And they started they've started aggressively prosecute people. So just like even though I'm not putting up anything that's that I don't own the copyright to, I think it's a little bit of an annoying um, concept. This one Lipt.TV, um, I like quite a bit, and they will allow you to upload your movies. Um, what is it again? Blip.tv? Oh, Blip. Yeah. Anyone know where the .tv domain name comes from? What country? Uh, it's in South America. Isn't it? No? Uh, it's South near America? New Zealand. Yeah. It's in Polynesia. Uh, so full of useless knowledge.
1: I, I did read about it. I can't remember. What I'm
0: Tuvalu. Win yourself a bar bet with that one. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's another one that I started to use recently called Vox.com. What? Box, Box. Vox, V O X. What is that? It's another one of these social networking sites that allows you to set up a presence and you can have a blog, you can put videos, you can put pictures and you can kind of put them all in one place and kind of have like a little home base. It's like MySpace for grown-ups in some ways. <laughs> MySpace, you're familiar with that, you've all heard of that. Um, it's, you know, it's... A lot of people are big fans of it, I'm not, I'm very cynical about it. Um, I think the, the technology is... they they. D- I like it when it, when shit's open and available and transparent and limited on the commercialism, and MySpace fails all those tests, right? It's uh, it's kind of a a, a, a junkyard, I think. But there's Box.com there's does some of that kind of stuff, but without without as much of the the, the Gary right? Now, um, blogging software there's a, there's a number of options out there, and like Vox, you can set up a blog with Vox and all this. But um, Blogger is a big one that you probably heard of, they're owned by Google now, and it's alright, but the one I, I think rules uh, for just, I'm a dude, I want to set up a blog and I don't want to fuck around with a big hassle, uh, WordPress. WordPress.com is a wonderful tool. They will host your thing, they will take care of many tasks for you, and they will be very polite in, uh, in, in doing it all. That's a fabulous service. Um, once you get to be a big famous film producer, and you want to have a whole community built around your film that you've made about the rights of chickens in cages, and, and you want to get all the activists there chatting about it, and having forums, and then you want to have, then you look at something like Drupal, D-R-U-P-A-L, It's a Drupal, D-R-U-P-A-L, D-R-U-P-A-L. there should be a sticker on your uh, laptop, you have no Drupal sticker, um, Drupal is another open source software program that um, a bunch of developers, and the open source is basically the community built, right? Sort of there's sh- people who sort of shepherd the project, but instead of going out to Microsoft and paying $10,000 for the suite of software, you can use this free community built one. The documentation is maybe a little funky. Features get changed faster, you know, It's and it's community, it's homegrown, you know? Um, but for getting going, WordPress is a fantastic uh, tool. Um, I would encourage you to go out there and find um, communities where other filmmakers or people who are interested in what you're making films about hang out, get involved in conversations, put comments on people's blog posts, subscribe to blog posts um, easiest way to read and subscribe to blogs um, is a website called Bloglines that you can use Google has a news reader yep. it's a website and you sign up with a free account, you put in the uh, feeds you like and there you go Google Newsreader also does this. Um, or I also I use a, a web browser called Flock. It's kind of a variant of Firefox. Flock. I get the flock out of here. Um, and it has kind of a baked in newsreader. And some other neat tools, like it has a built in kind of blog, bloggerator. Um, so if you're reading something, you say, geez, I really want to talk about this and post it on my blog. This is just what I was thinking. You can do it right in there within within that context. So that's really uh, that's really handy. So it's all really it's all about self-expression, which you as filmmakers I I mean, I, I assume that's sort of a prerequisite to have a filmmaker to have s- something to say, right? Am I wrong? OJ's really like
1: your expression.
0: Pardon me? OK. yes. Um so, um citizen journalism kind of stuff. If you're out there making films and you're into documentary films like I am. I love like the old Nanook of the North kind of documentaries they made watch in elementary school. I, I, I wish I had those on the old film roll. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But if you're out there um, getting documentary footage, um, these sites like Now Public where I put the gory stabbing picture up, impaling picture, up, um, that's great stuff. You know, you're down there and you see one of these, you see a protest, you want to get some, you know. Yeah. And then might even, and that's actually a way, you know, because <coughs> as artists, it's hard to make, uh, it's hard to make a living making art. Right. A lot of times we got to be suckers for, and she'll work for some other, uh, you know, like I've I've I've, sh- I've photographed weddings before, and, and you know I've uh, I've I've uh, you know I, I write a corporate e-commerce software commercial blog too. You know, and we all have to be a little bit tainted sometimes. So you put up the, you know, you put up your documentary film work, or and and you put yourself out there, put your shingle out, and all of a sudden that's going to be a great channel to get some uh, side work doing what you like to do. You know, more so than, you know, it's worse ways to make a living, right? So that's another um, big advantage of it, too. Okay. Questions? Yes. Go ahead, caller. You're online, too. <laughs> so you still
1: have your... Uh, you have stuff, like... I think it's really, like... Uh, like, stuff. like, you have that stuff... You have journals, like, online stuff? Um, you still have that, like, archive?
0: Well... Yes and no. Like slowly, I, you know, I'll pull up in a shoebox and you know I'm fiddling around with stuff. I get a notion. I like find an old fanzine. I might scan a picture of it and put it up on Flickr. Or I might find a notebook of, of poetry and I'll put it up on my uh, Mountain Highway Writers Notebook thing. Okay. Um, or I'm coming across like, or even refactoring stuff that I published during the Web 1.0 days, so to speak. You know where um, I had all the pictures from the Hampton Road Film Project. But they're all living there in that static website, so I took all those and threw them in my my Flickr photo stream, and then put tags on them so people are looking for kind of stock pictures of him, and find them. People use them from time to time, you know. Um, same thing goes for uh, um, I have like uh, essays and articles I wrote that I put up as PDFs, okay. and PDFs are are really handy because you maintain the formatting and all that, but they're not as findable and they're not quite as digestible for and getting people to them. So you know, I'm thinking about how to take 3,000 word articles that have some formatting to them and trans- translate that to a blog format in some way. You know, should I just put sort of an abstract and link to the PDF or, you know, so it's there's always ways to refactor it. And in five years from now, we'll have a completely different way that we're interfacing with this stuff anyway. So, I mean, it's really all about um, finding the ability to harness your artistic vision and, and get it out there. And you know, using whatever tools you need to do it along the way, rather than learning how to do a process, you know. And I'm not, you know, I'm I'm a writer a shitty typer and a stoner who doesn't roll joints well, you know, so if I can figure it out, you know. Um, and most of them, and I got online... statement,
1: man. <coughs> What's that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> depressing No,
0: surprising. surprising <laughs> statement. Which part of it?
1: <laughs> you don't roll well.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm clumsy.
1: Oh,
0: Yeah. Um I guess I mean it seems to be. Um, I've been I've been typing since you know I've been making I've been writing since you know the 70s and I still don't have the keyboard memorized. I had a typewriter at a young age. Um, I published that for thing at, at 9. I published, I made my first publication at 9. Yes. And it's up on my Flickr feed. Um, but there's also like 5000 other pictures on my like feed, but you, because of tagging, it makes it easier to find, you know. So yeah, you but where
1: see, does the tag live? I'm just trying to it, it
0: hangs out, it. out on the web page, but okay. it's, it's, it's really like a keyword that's visible. You know, they used to talk about keywords in the old days. They're just keywords okay. that, but you might have a picture of a, uh, you know, a box of kittens, and you're tagging it box kittens, you know, cute, cuddly, fuzzy. And then, uh, you know, and, and it's sort of, and then other people can come onto your pictures, and, and then tag it, you know, pictures of conferences, and people can say, oh, that's this guy, that's this guy, and tag it with that name, so then they go look. And, uh, so you can go search for, you know, Dave Olson or Uncle Weed on Flickr, and you'll find all sorts of pictures, not just ones that I took, but other people took of me, you know. So it's uh, it's like this big stockpile of shared media. Or uh, I, was, I wrote a white paper... Um, a while ago on about blogging for retailers and I need just some stock picture of just some people in sort of a boardroom, you know, kind of thing, but I didn't want it to be that that cheesy smiley commercial. You know, kind of thing. And so I I started scouting around on Flickr and I found a great I found a great picture. I wrote to the guy saying, Hey, how do you feel about me using this? I know it's a Creative Commons license, but I'm used you know, for a company blog, I'm just making sure you're cool with it. He was all excited. It turns out he worked for one of our competitors for uh Fry e commerce. And I thought that was very uh, Cool, and he was cool with it. I published, gave him credit, link, put a link back to his Flickr, and yeah, uh, you know, it's all good, you know.
1: The I was going to ask you about the uh, the aspect of okay, you 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 can put together websites as well, but it seems to me that the aspect if it's a project-oriented thing, that you're almost better to, to get it going with a blog because yep. of the areas. People, yep. right? And
0: you can really start to build a site around the blog. You can make your blog um, you can have static pages within your blog context too. So you can have your about page and your, you know, biography and your histi- timeline, history of the thing as, as well as that dynamic part that's the blog. You know, that's like the daily update. And blog's kind of an unfortunate name really, you know, it's yep. sort of like, you know, cuz it really can be anything and some people get all semantic about it like, "Oh, a blog is only a a daily record and documentation of someone's life. And it's like, no, it could be anything you want. It's just a delivery method uh, of a way to get content out there no matter what it is, you know? Um, And, you know, if if you really want to... And depending on what your interests are for films, too, you can be doing something like these... uh, There's lots of people now who have just become like kind of like internet superstars, just making short little 10-minute films, whether it be this this Tiki Bar TV kind of stuff or this Ask a Ninja kind of stuff. or else, or else, like, um, you know, someone made a big 9 11 documentary called Loose Change and they put it up on YouTube and just said, everyone link to this and, you know. <coughs> what
1: do you think of
0: that? I don't. You don't it?
1: Loose change. Huh?
0: Yeah. I think that there's, uh, um, that's only one small little uh, debacle in a, in a huge chain of debacles yeah. of late. But the good news is my brother left Baghdad on Saturday and he's in Kuwait yeah, so I'm nice. glad about that. He's in the US Navy. And they All gave right. him and they gave him a medal. <coughs> Boy from Surrey makes good. How are you the US Navy? Long story, man. Okay, sure. That was a long one. That was a two beer story. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: oh, sure. two oh yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: oh yeah. Yes, that's a oh, two that's beers, a two sir. beer story.
1: Uh, you guys can pull up your chain, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, about fifty each between, like each of
0: you and you got a two beer stores here. <laughs> oh, Okay. Cheryl already bought me water.
1: I <laughs> know. Um, I was gonna ask you about um, in uh, this other what's it called? WordPress, mm-hmm. the whole thing about a blog is it's sort of uh, it's kind of the most recent entry first, right? Is there a way that you can change that or I was trying actually trying to write up an ongoing narrative sort of thing, but then I realized that, okay, if you're just writing things and then you're just hearing, you're just seeing the last portion of what you did, unless you've read the whole thing, is there a way you can reverse that?
0: Um, yeah, there probably is, and I've thought about WordPress, that with other things, but it's, it's... I don't
1: know if in WordPress there is, but in Blogger blogs, which are... Like I did, I have Blogger for a while. you can reverse your chronology. Hmm, you there you go. So, uh, but also, humans are pretty smart, too, eh? Yeah. I would say we're do it, but it kind of goes why. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, unless somebody wants to go start at the very beginning, work their way up. So the last entry that you put in may not make that but some blogs have been running for like five years. Why would you want to go read back on five years of stuff? I mean, like stuff that I was saying five years ago was ludicrous and stupid. Well, you, yeah. you were drunk, yeah. drunk yeah. yeah. then, well, you drunk, know. That, like well, but bear in mind that. Well, you
0: can find out what he was writing because it's all out there. Go it's to the way there. back, way back machine, man. man. There's everything's, and everything's there, right? Everything but,
1: that I've been writing since 2000.
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of stuff though. I mean don't dismiss don't dismiss your because maybe it seems stupid five years later, but ten years from now it might, it might seem smart variable. again. I
1: find it interesting to keep you stuff. I always do right? Yeah. I do.
0: Work. I'm the same way.
1: Except my wife was like, why this stuff? It's a yeah. yeah. up with shoeboxes everywhere.
0: Yeah, totally. I've been I've been starting to make stuff into what I call static montages. Um, where I, I take like a big kind of canvas thing and I take all like the stuff from like a trip to Belize for example and I keep all like the you know, tickets and visas and stubs and a few pictures and you know postcards and a lighter from the brewery and a bottle cap and sort of making sort of some found object art. Then I just have a bunch of shit I have to hang on the wall, so it doesn't really solve the wife problem but it makes it look like you're making an effort. Yeah, you kind of you're like
1: putting... my Torino project last year, right? Yeah. But yeah, totally. When I came back from Torino from the Olympic I had like all these swags and t shirts and stuff like that. Like we did some podcasting and H P C like gave us like and things like that, and a hockey jersey that I gave to Dave and stuff like that. And and so instead of like doing a montage, what I did is I like, put everything on the floor and then I elevated myself and took a picture. And then in Flickr put a note for everything. So like t shirt now given to like Dave, like scar- of exchange <laughs> with this crazy, crazy bottle of place. scotch, half drunk. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, eventually gave away all my stuff. I have nothing yeah, yeah. from Torino. Nice. I have absolutely nothing left from Torino like they a zen like monk which that exchange with that guy from like Czech Republic after like Canada beat Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So. And but you still have the uh you have the al- of it. yeah, you have the archive of it there that's forever, true. which is handier because you don't have to pack it. Well, there you go. There were some more questions and answers, but uh, that's all you get for now. If you're interested in more of my projects, uh, check out UncleWeed.net. You can drop me a note. got a whole bunch of blogs and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Look them up yourself. You're smart, right? Oh, well, yeah, thanks to Brad the producer for the tunes, eh?